will go live in five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Log Talk Radio. Internet land out there in Facebook land. <laughs> this is Rhymes Media Group, Rhymes Reasons. I am your host, Dr. Edward Rhymes. I hope you had a wonderful day. We're, we're heading into the weekend, and it has been uh, one news uh, bombshell after the other. We have the WikiLeaks uh, Vault 7 uh, release of information from the CIA. We also uh, have Congress uh, haggling over how little health care people will be getting from here on out. And we also have Trump, the Trump administration, continuing the endless war paradigm uh, by going into Syria. So it has been a day and a week full of news. And um, I don't know if I've ever been as, I don't know why my head at times feels like it's spinning because of how much news and how many uh, eventful things are taking place all at the same time. Um, we have today though, as a guest, it's been months in the making, uh, Margaret Kimberly, uh, the Black Agenda Report. Um, we're going to be talking about some of her latest pieces. Uh, she wrote a wonderful piece um, about Russia. <laughs> and this is, anybody that knows me knows I've been on this whole, oh, here we go with Russia again. Russia, 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 Russia. Oh, my goodness. Are we talking about Russia again? Yes. So she has uh, this piece called uh, Trump and Russia, the Perfect Lie. Uh, so we'll be talking about that. We're talking about uh, her insights on the Women's March, uh, the, the International Women's Strike yesterday. Um, be interested in what she has to say about all that. And we'll also have on, uh, uh, on tap uh, her insights into um, uh, this whole thing with us going into uh, Syria us putting actual boots on the ground instead of using, you know, soldiers by proxy, uh, ISIS, you know. Uh, we're actually putting about a couple of hundred Marines uh, into uh, Syria with howitzers, these big, big um, weapons. So, uh, so we're going to be talking about that. I don't know, I, you know, and there are times where I do, you know, the whole rhymes, reasons, rant, but I feel like I've been on one long rant after the other of late. Um, because I think that we think too little in our American, um, in our American uh, uh, frame of mind in this country. And I say American frame of not mind, not the United States, because American... You know, in my mind, you know, it evokes these images of manifest destiny and American exceptionalism. And I think that because we have been fed propaganda and that we have been fed a steady diet of our own importance in the scheme of things, that it has allowed most of the people in this country to take a vacation from thinking, from actually having to think about things. And so we find ourselves, as we look at the whole WikiLeaks thing, 
And as we look at, you know, what Trump is actually doing now, he had surrounded himself with insiders all along. I mean, this belief that he was going to shake things up to me was always, always inconceivable as to how people could believe that with so many insiders that he was picking. So many establishment people, so many people beholden to the oligarchy. And if not beholden to the oligarchy, they are the oligarchy. Okay? So, I mean, to surround himself with plutocrats and oligarchs and 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 and, and to continue the, the war policies, to not come up with any jobs program whatsoever. And then for everyone to think, oh, he's going to shake things up. Yeah, well, I don't think so. Now, so so those who think that he was, who thought he was going to be a departure from the status quo, I, I, I had, I never had any idea whatsoever how that was actually believed. So I'm going to be talking about, talking with Margaret about these things as well. We have on hold right now, and we're going to get right to it then. Margaret, hello. Hello, how are you? I am all right. I'm happy because this has been like months in the making. I've been trying to get you on. And so it's, <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's My so nice to have terrible. you Thank on. You. It really is. Now, I've been looking Thanks at your work. Thanks for your patience. Yeah, I've been looking at your work for over a decade. And I remember the first time we kind of made contact. It broke my heart when you didn't remember, though. Um, oh dear! <laughs> is that I Sorry. remember writing a piece for a uh, uh, Black Agenda Report because I was with Glenn and I believe you were too when he was with the Black Commentator, right? Yes. Right. So yeah. So I wrote for the Black Commentator, wrote for uh, uh, then then came over to the Black Agenda Report, and I wrote a piece called "Singing Soprano While Dissing the Bass." And I was talking about America's white thug love and ethnically acceptable violence. And this is uh, when the uh, last episode of The uh, Sopranos was uh, about to come on. And you had uh, emailed me and said, you know what? I, I It's one of my guilty pleasures, The Sopranos is. <laughs> and she said, and you said oh, I God, never thought about ago. what you said before. <laughs> So, yeah, I remember that. So I've been an admirer of your work for quite some time. So I, it's it's, um, it's real good to have you on. I don't know if you heard me talking oh. about your piece on Russia, <laughs> Trump and Russia. The big no, lie. I did not. Yeah, I mean, I've been talking about this for quite some time, this ginned up, you know, Russia mm -hmm. thing. And my my insight into this has always been that it was the lie that the Democrats, you know, came up with to have to explain to the big money people as to why they lost. <laughs> I always Absolutely. thought. I always thought that that was the that was the pretext for all of this. And uh, so I'd be interested in how do you see this Russian thing? What what legs does it have right now when it comes to Trump? It died for a moment and then it got revived again. Well, they keep reviving it. Yeah. Um, they uh, let's let's remember how this began uh, mm -hmm. last year right. during the campaign. Hillary Clinton was um, going to use this against Trump. Mm -hmm. She actually used some of Marco Rubio's opposition research to claim mm -hmm. that he was Putin's puppet. Right. And also, well, this this kills a couple of birds with one stone. <laughs> As um, Secretary of State, she and Obama were intent on expanding American, <clears throat> excuse me, hegemony. Right. And that means um, pretty much crushing anybody who won't go along with the U.S. Mm -hmm. so, um, so Russia insists on, and why shouldn't it, um, acting in its own best interest. Exactly. And it's not in Russia's interest to, to just let the United States Instigate, excuse me, instigate a coup in Ukraine. Right. Um, kick out their ally and not do anything. Mm -hmm. So um, Putin annexes Crimea in a reaction to the United States interfering in Ukraine, which it mm -hmm. had no right to do. Exactly. Um, so, so that's the sort of thing um, pushing uh, up NATO up right up to Russia's borders oh, after yes. promising 
Um, you know, and they say a verbal promise isn't worth the papers written on. I, I don't know. I hope I'm getting that right. When the first Bush was president and the Soviet Union uh, was collapsing, mm -hmm. they promised they would not uh, push uh, NATO any further. And the so Soviets just, um, what the end of the Soviet Union, they just took all their troops out of eastern Germany mm -hmm. and voluntarily. Right. And, of course, the United States proceeded to... Um, get all of these nations that used to be in the Soviet bloc into right. NATO. They're now NATO troops surrounding Russia. Mm -hmm. They instigate Ukraine. Uh, Putin reacts. They uh, call for sanctions against Russia, kick Russia out of the G8, and so on. Right. Attack Syria, which is Russia's ally. Right. And um, uh, after all this aggression, calls Russia the bad guy. Putin mm -hmm. is the villain. So Hillary Clinton starts this and says, um, and Trump is hoisted on his own petard. He, you right. know, bragging and lying about having done deals in Russia when he had done no such thing. Right. And now any and all, um, any contacts with any Russian is called a contact with Putin, um, a very, very specious um, mm -hmm. uh, connections. Right. So someone either hacks the DNC emails or it leaks. leaks. So an insider could have leaked those emails. Exactly. But, of course, we're told they're – and they make up stuff, Russian digital fingerprints. What is a digital fingerprint? <laughs> this is making up stuff. Um, and uh, so now Russia is responsible for anything bad. And, of course, then Hillary Clinton loses – and now they have to explain away the defeat. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Democratic rank and file being, unfortunately, very passive um, right. and in shock because Trump won, are eager to believe any explanation because he was supposed to be so terrible and he wouldn't be able to win. That's what they believed. Mm -hmm. And Hillary Clinton had a she ran a terrible campaign. She focused on Trump and just repeated over and over again that he was so terrible. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Half, almost half the country didn't agree with her, and it mm -hmm. was enough people in the right places for him to win in the Electoral College. Mm -hmm. And the Democrats are out. This was the last office they held. They mm -hmm. lost the Congress, lost the House, the Senate, mm -hmm. state houses. All yes. they had left was the presidency. Yes. And they messed up and lost that. Mm -hmm. So um, this is a way to... Um, to excuse their defeat, to excuse this debacle that they are responsible for, and it continues the work of the the war party, the Democrats and Republicans, mm -hmm. who are constantly working on expanding uh, America's empire. Mm -hmm. Now, you say in your piece, and, and I couldn't agree more, <laughs> Trump is the perfect fall guy because he is so hated and so incompetent. At least half of all Americans despise the new president, and for very good reasons. Unlike other presidents who use euphemism and code words, he openly activated the racist elements who have never, were never far from the surface in this country. His victory was also unexpected and defied so-called expert opinion. The combination of dislike and shock makes it easy for the worst charges made about him to be believed. And... Isn't that the truth? Is that his combination of incompetence and just, I, I, I've said, and I mean, this is my, you know, my phrase for me. He's a thin-skinned, narcissistic malcontent. And so it makes, yeah. these, it makes these allegations believable because of the sort of person that he is. I, I look at him and I think of a Richard Nixon is the closest president I can come to when it comes to uh, this 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 uh, insecurity, this thin skin thing and and his ability now to access the full power of the intelligence agencies on his own. Now they may be attacking him right now, but it's still at his he's still ahead of all these things. And so yeah. my belief is, is that at some point in time, he's going to use these uh, entities for his own purposes. Yes, but he, you know, he is um, this, as you said, a, a thin-skinned uh, narcissistic malcontent. I'll have to remember that. <laughs> and he was not ready. You know, most of these other people who become president, right. they are um, smart enough for the job, or in the case of George W. Bush, right. the, the establishment just makes sure they have the right people to, you know, right. to walk them through it. 
Exactly. Um, Trump comes in as an outsider, remains an outsider as president. He gets staff who aren't ready for the big leagues either. He doesn't curry favor with the press, which is um, right. 90%, I think, of presidential success is getting buy-in. Right. Um, if you look at Obama, if you have a smooth presentation, you can get buy-in for oh some pretty goodness, horrible yes. things. Yes. And uh, But Trump has, does none of those things. He has a food fight with the, the press. I'm not going to defend the corporate media. Mm -hmm. But um, the combination of the relentless uh, assault from the Democrats and from some Republicans, mm -hmm. uh, the corporate media attacks, which, mm -hmm. because he won't make nice, make friends with them, are going right. to continue, and his own buffoonish behavior, mm -hmm. uh, the white supremacists on his team, his own racism, uh, all of that uh, makes him um, a good target for right. this subterfuge. Right. And I, I have to say, even though it's it's him, I don't like the idea of intelligence agencies deciding uh, if a president, um, if an elected person can remain president or not. Right. And uh, those of us who claim to be on the left, one of my big disappointments is seeing people uh, suddenly praising and quoting the FBI and the CIA. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, you know, this now this uh, well-worn phrase of 17 intelligence agencies uh, <laughs> yeah. say that uh, Russia was involved right. in uh, uh, interfering with the election. Well, mm -hmm. these are the same people who told us there was WMD in Iraq. Exactly. I, I don't see any reason exactly. to believe them. They will lie if a president tells them tells them to do it. Right. And this, uh, I don't know if you've noticed this new phrase, the intelligence community. It yeah. used to be intelligence agencies. Now they're an <laughs> intelligence community. It makes it sound like they live on Sesame Street or right. something. Um, <laughs> but I'm still saying intelligence uh, agencies. I don't want to use that term. Right. But uh, it's hard to say where they stand, but I think it's clear he and his people were under some kind of surveillance. Right. Um, he, of course, will go on Twitter and say Obama tapped his phone, mm -hmm. um, and I, that's not how it would work, mm -hmm. but I'm sure they were all under surveillance. That's why the Senate asked his uh, Attorney General Sessions during his confirmation he hearing, they asked him if he'd met any Russians, because they already knew he had. They right. knew he'd met the Russian ambassador, exactly. which is not a bad thing. No. Um, and during a transition, the, the new team reaches out to uh, ambassadors and others uh, um, from certain countries, and mm -hmm. there's nothing uh, necessarily wrong with right. that. Well, Obama used his, uh, his being a senator uh, when he was campaigning in 2008 to meet different uh, heads of state in Europe. Yeah. I mean, he turned it, he, you know, he was saying it was Senate business, but we all knew he was campaigning. He was talking to heads yeah. of state in Europe. He was talking to different people around the country, or, and I'm, excuse me, around the globe. We knew this. It so, is. I mean, so, so sure to me, was, this... No one criticized him, and I didn't exactly. criticize him for that, no. But um, you know, we but we see what happens when you're a target of the media, exactly. And everything can be turned on its head, exactly, and be made to look uh, sinister, even mm -hmm. if it isn't. Now, getting to the Trump supporter in quotation, you can't see me doing it, but that's what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> getting to the Trump supporter now. I happen to be one of those people that believes that racism, in my opinion, was at the bottom of a lot of this stuff. Can't explain mm -hmm. everything that happened, but either people, I don't know where they are on the, I don't know where all the people are on the racism scale, but they're all on that scale, you know, to varying mm -hmm. degrees of racism <laughs> that they were willing to embrace uh, in order to um, uh, elect him. Now, do you think there is like buyers, or even with all that, you know, that feeling of we've, we've got our country back nonsense, do you believe now that a lot of those people, given what we do see, the escalation of wars, him going into Syria now, uh, what had already happened mm -hmm. in Yemen, uh, some of the other things that he's doing that have absolutely nothing to do with job creation, do you think that any of these people have like buyer's remorse now? Any of them? Uh, some of them do. I was it's yeah. funny. I was reading just before I called into the show about a woman in North Carolina, um, middle-aged white woman in her fifties, who had never voted before. Mm 
and who was suddenly inspired to vote for Trump. And that's important to remember. Trump got (laughs) two million more votes than Romney. He got a lot of new voters. Anyway, this woman uh, depends on Obamacare. And now they're repealing it. And this Republican plan will kick people off or make Mm -hmm. it cost more. And this woman said, she she said, I wasted my vote. uh, I shouldn't have bothered voting at all. Mm. And um, now he said he was going to do this. I don't know what people expected to happen. But I think that is an example that some people may Mm -hmm. have uh, buyer's remorse. They may not admit it. Um, A lot of people wouldn't admit they were going to vote for him. And I I think that's one of the reasons his victory was a surprise. But um, but yes, I I think there is some I, I think that. I think you're correct that there are variations mm-hmm. on the scale. There are people right. who are um, overt white supremacists right. who, you know, all the racists voted for him. That you know, right. you can't uh, ignore that fact. Exactly. And um, uh, there were people who wanted to reject the status quo, and mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton was the ultimate insider. Exactly. So, um, and a lot of people are enamored of anybody who's um, rich. Mm-hmm. So, well, because he's a businessman, he'll mm-hmm. know what to do. Right. <laughs> uh, or they didn't like Hillary Clinton. I mean, it's, I think it's a variety. Right. It is. Of, it is. Uh, it is. But, but, and, even, uh, but yes, I think, um, I think you're correct in that assessment. Yeah, because even the people that where that wasn't high on their priority list, you know, the whole racism thing, uh, they were at least comfortable mm-hmm. enough with it <laughs> in order to embrace it. Now... Sure they were. Yeah. Now, what is your problem with liberals? <laughs> I read your piece on liberals. <laughs> what is your problem with liberals? I thought liberals were our friends as black well, people. <laughs> I thought they were well, our buddies. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, um, the, these liberal, these Democrats are, um, they... They like the status quo, and uh, they some of them want a little bit of reform, but basically they will not push for the radical changes no. that we need. Um, at the end of the day, they will excuse what Democratic presidents do, even when they do things that are anathema to them or what they claim is anathema to them. Mm -hmm. So uh, Obama, instead of giving us Medicare for all, which is what we need, gives us this crazy quilt Obamacare program, which helps the insurance companies who are the cause of all our problems. Uh, He makes war on Libya, makes war on Syria, Mm -hmm. claims the right to assassinate uh, people, doesn't prosecute any killer cops. All Mm -hmm. these things, bails out Wall Street, all these things that liberals say they don't want they get from Democrats, right. but they are terrified of making any demand. Right. And it's just these Democratic presidents are terrible. I mean, if you look mm-hmm. at Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. um, who made the Democratic Party the corporate party, look at mm-hmm. what he did, getting rid of the right to public uh, assistance, mm-hmm. um, starting to feel, fill the jails. And, and people, I voted for him. I'm I, embarrassed, yep. but I admit I it to. now. Um, you and me both, so we get, you know, we get it worse and worse with these with right. these Democratic presidents, right. and um, liberals will attack people who question them or who mm-hmm. question these Democratic uh, leaders. Um, liberals hate the left, I think, more than they hate the right. Mm-hmm. Um, look at the way they demonize Bernie Sanders or anybody who was a Sanders supporter or Jill um, Stein Sanders, supporter. Uh, yeah, absolutely, uh, Sanders. In effect, I, I was not, because uh, I knew it was going to happen, that he would be, as uh, my colleague Bruce Dixon calls, would be the sheepdog <laughs> to get the, uh, the progressives excited, but then lead them right back to the horrible establishment candidate. Right. But he let them know that there was trouble, mm-hmm. that people wanted to see something new. He raised issues mm-hmm. from the minimum wage to free college to student loan right. debt to... All of these um, issues, there were millions of people who wanted the Democrats to address them. And they just treated him like an an irritant to be disposed of. Mm -hmm. And they didn't even have sense enough to go through the motions of of, uh, uh, running on any of his platforms. Yeah. 
And, and uh, so this is this is my issue with liberals. And now after it's over, after Hillary loses, they don't mm-hmm. even have the courage to question mm-hmm. uh, the Democratic Party and say, what have you done? Mm-hmm. Look where we are now. Democrats are out. out. And, they, and if you qu- dare question them, they'll say you're not unified. And they'll say, well, just get over it. It's over now. Um, so this is, these are my among my issues with, with liberals. It's not a short list, sis. <laughs> <laughs> well, my and, and and these are the problems that I had. I mean, when I was when up to the run up and uh, to the election, I mean, I was you know I was getting into some pretty intense conversation uh, uh, with the broadcast when it came to this two-party duopoly that we seem to be in in the grips of and can't seem to uh, even think that we should have at least four parties, uh, which is what mm-hmm. every country does that does, I mean, a modicum for their citizens. That's the thing that they have. They have multiple parties, not just two. So, I mean, you see this over and over. This, this is repeated in Norway, Sweden, and it, the countries across the board that that stand mm-hmm. by their citizens with much more uh, 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 stand ready to give much more resources to their citizens than this country ever dreamed of doing. Um, so when you get into those conversations about third, fourth party, it wasn't the Republicans that were the most venomous with that. It was the so-called liberals the so-called progressives and the Democrats who uh, were just vehement that, you know, this wasn't the time to think about those sort of things. And it never is the time, to be quite honest. Um, yes, yes, it's, yes. So there's always a reason. Exactly. Um, well, you know, here we have a system, unfortunately, that, that's very hostile to third parties. So, mm-hmm. And it relegates third parties to just having spoiler status. Exactly. But my argument is... We need to get rid of the Democrats, replace them with something new. Yeah. I voted uh, for the Green uh, Party ticket of Jill Stein and the Jammu Baraka, and I'm not sorry I did. Neither but when am people I. ask me about it, I say replace the Democrats. Exactly. What? They can't even win anymore. No. So, um, no. If, you know, working within this, this system, which is um, uh, doesn't allow a third party to really have much of a voice, mm-hmm. I think our choice is to build up um, – I, and I believe the Green Party is the logical choice, right. but replace the Democrats and, mm-hmm. and stop acting like we have to be, we're so afraid of Republicans. And I'm not saying we have no reason to be afraid right. of Republicans, but we can't let them be used as the boogeyman mm-hmm. and to keep us in line and keep supporting these policies, which are so awful. Yeah, it's like and which it, now they can't even win and, and even enact them. So. Exactly, exactly. It, it's kind of like you know the, the the Republicans are the boogeyman we're threatened with if we don't brush our teeth by a parent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I want there's no way in the world you're leaving here without talking to me about the international women's strike yesterday and your thoughts and mm-hmm. insights on that. Well, I had to. I have to admit, I I didn't know a lot about it, but I I now know <laughs> that this is was for decades. It was a socialist holiday, right? Um, with its history starting way back in 1917 in Russia, exactly. And the Russian women who rose up um, uh, in favor of the re- revolution and to get Russia out of World War One, um, and this was. Um, celebrated across socialist countries for decades, and it was called uh, Working Women's Day, in Mm -hmm. fact. And, uh, of course, it's been watered down now, and it's just Women's Day. (laughs) But uh, I think it's an important holiday for, you know, women still are um, uh, victims of discrimination and Mm -hmm. misogyny and uh, pay disparities and and, Mm -hmm. uh, uncompensated work caring for families. Mm -hmm. So um, it is an important day, but I I hope it's it's not watered down the way it has been. Um, But uh, but I hope it's it's part of a uh, a pattern of people are keep using this word resistance. I don't know how many of these people are really resisting anything, Um, but it should be women. You know, our reproductive rights and um, 
so many legal rights that we are are diminishing in part because this political party which we've cling to can't even uh, win elections anymore right. but uh, so it's it's important to but to uh, celebrate it in the spirit in which it was originally meant okay Vault seven, before you go. Vault seven. <laughs> well, thank God for WikiLeaks. That's what I always say. I mean, they're telling us what we what we already know yes, about the exactly. CIA that they have numerous ways to spy on us. Mm-hmm. You know, through television or you know, we're all walking around through these little spot with these little spy devices. Our our smartphones uh, enable people to spy on us, and we volunteer by including me by being on social media. <laughs> but uh, I think it's important for people to know the depth of right. surveillance in our lives. Right. The, the U.S. government spies on everybody in the planet who has a smartphone. Right. They have a record of every phone call, every email sent. Mm-hmm. And um, so anything that exposes the extent of, um, of this uh, crime yeah. is very important for us to know. Yeah, I've, I've had as a guest on uh, Rhymes Reasons uh, a couple of times, John Kiriakou, um, the uh, CIA uh-huh. agent who, uh, yeah. And uh, so one of the things that he and I talked about was, you know, hey, you need to get email and make sure your internet is encrypted. And I made sure that I started doing some of those things because it it, it, it really is. It comes down to now um, how much privacy can you have in this uh, wide open world now. The world has shrunk a great deal because of the internet and social media and, and, and the battlefield now is privacy, you know, as much as as much as you can have that, I suppose. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's uh, yeah, he, you know, Kiriaku was a whistleblower. He yeah. blew the whistle on the torturers yeah, but he's the, the one who went to jail. Yeah. Yes, so... Yeah. Uh, but, you know, this this encryption like Tor and so forth, it, mm-hmm. you know, it only works if you're communicating with somebody else who's On using Tor. some yeah. encryption <laughs> technology. So I, you know, and my, my thing is I'm just public with everything. And, uh, <laughs> you know, anything I wouldn't want the government to know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to type it on a computer. So that's my my way of doing it. (laughs) Well, Margaret, I really appreciate you being a guest on our program. Uh, Let's not make this a one-time thing, okay? No, let's not. And I I hope we can. uh, Thanks for your patience. I'm very happy to have been here tonight. Well, we're very happy to have you here. And um, uh, we will continue to read. Now, you can see uh, Margaret's work on the Black Agenda Report in her Freedom Rider column. Uh, it is a great, great read. Uh, make sure you support uh, Black Agenda Report as well and uh, all independent media who uh, uh, that's doing the hard work of bringing you the news not compromised by any corporate interest or partisan interest. So Margaret, thank you. Thank you once again for being on our program. And thank you for having me. Good night. Yeah, good night. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that was Margaret Kimberly of the Black Agenda Report. Her, 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 her column, Freedom Rider, is on the Black Agenda Report, as well as her blog by that same name called the Freedom Rider. So make sure you check it out. Uh, make sure you, uh, as I said, support independent media. I know this is not hashtag independent media Monday, but this is still Rhymes Media Group and it is still an independent media source. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we only can have Margaret on for a half hour. Uh, so, I'm going to talk a little bit more about uh, some of the things that uh, we're facing right now. Um, the healthcare. Um, uh, uh, situation that's going on right now. Now they're talking. They're they're, re, they're trying to replace the Affordable Care Act with the American Health Care Act. Do you you get this? That that Republicans seem to have to always. We got to call it American. We got to call it yeah, American. Make America great again. The American Health Care Act. 
You know, it's kind of, you know, whenever people feel the need to keep saying America, 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 this sort of thing, or it's the same thing when people keep telling me, I'm honest, man, I'm really honest, man, man, yeah, yeah, I'm really honest. That's when I, you know, start putting my wallet where, you know, I don't think they can reach it, okay? That's when you need to start hiding your purse when people keep talking about how honest they are. And when people, when Republicans feel the need to step American on in everything, I, I have the feeling, and it's been proven time and time again, it's going to hurt people who are considered Americans more than help them, okay? <laughs> Whenever they feel this incessant need to say American, okay? Now, I'm going to go down a list of things that I think you should know as the public, all right? As the public, all right, about what the... Uh, replacing of the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare with the American Health Care Act will do uh, depending on where you stand in the scheme of things, okay? So here we go. Now, how does the new bill affect people who are currently, you know, purchasing insurance through the Health Care Act, uh, the Affordable Health Care uh, Exchange set up by ACA? People with insurance obtained through the exchanges are going to be dramatically affected by this. The subsidy, the subsidy they receive, you know, is going to decrease, especially for low-income individuals. The low-income person is going to be the person most severely impacted by this legislation. Really think about this, ladies and gentlemen. The people that need it the most. And the people that can afford health care the least are the people who are going to be most impacted by it. Well, so what do you mean the people need the most? It means people low income, you know, didn't necessarily mean people have a whole lot of health ailments. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the people who are low income, most of them are low income because of health ailments. If you didn't know that already. Medical bills were the number one thing that drove people into bankruptcy, all right? So understand that. So now, right now, these subsidies are income-based. The subsidies you get are based upon what income you bring in. The more you earn, the less of a subsidy you receive. But with the American Health Care Act, it provides adjustments based upon how old you are, not what your income is. Really understand what's taking place, ladies and gentlemen. When you're getting mystified by the politics, you need to pay attention to the policy, all right? Now, so it says, you know, what you need to, so the rationale behind this shift is that the Republican-led Congress and the Trump administration, they think the rationale is that everybody should receive the same benefit regardless of their financial ability to pay. That's like making the rules the same in a race for someone that has one leg. This is what they're doing. We're going to treat everybody the same which is the most iniquitous, inequitable thing you can do. You don't treat everybody the same. You treat everybody fairly. There is a difference. Now, people ask, what is the difference between the subsidies provided you know, for the, uh, for, uh, the Affordable Care Act uh, and the uh, tax credits, because that's what they're replacing sub, a lot of these sub, with a tax credit. The tax credit in the American, you know, the ACHA. I can't even say, I'm not going to say the thing. I'm just going to say the ACHA. The tax credit in the ACHA replaces the subsidy, but it's also different. With a subsidy, you receive the money up front, right? Because it, subsidiz it, is subsidiz it subsidizes your health care. But when it comes to the AHCA, you get a tax credit, which means 
when you, you know, fill out your tax. And this is the most abominable thing of all, is that they're making this a tax credit. And the person who would have to sign this thing into law hasn't even released his tax returns yet. Are you people out there still believing that he's the hope of this country? That he's going to turn things around? Are you still living under that delusion, ladies and gentlemen? All right. Now, with the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, someone who chose not to purchase instrument would have to pay a penalty tax, the so-called individual mandate. The AHCA doesn't call for an individual mandate. It's not part of the new bill. So you would not have to buy health insurance if you didn't want to, all right? Now, a lot of people are clapping their hands to that. Well, you know, insurance is called insurance for a reason, right? <laughs> you never know when you need it. Just like a spare tie, you never know when you need it, all right? Now, so how does the, but how does, so, so I'm going to tell you how that absence of the individual mandate affect insurance or the overall approach to insurance. For insurance to work, you got to have a what was called a mixed risk pool. A mixed risk pool. And that means some individuals have to be low risk, some individuals have to be high risk. It doesn't work if everybody is high risk, it doesn't work if everybody's low risk. It has to be a mixture, a combination of those of those risks. So if people, you know, who are only sick enroll insurance plans and those who are healthy don't, then the insurer is most definitely going to raise those rates. So not requiring healthy people to buy insurance makes it more difficult for insurers to stay in business. You got to have a mixed risk pool. Now, the one thing, you know, so here's the thing, that there are a lot of insurance companies who are not going to like this. Now, I think here's the one hope, and this is this is how twisted and warped this has become now, ladies and gentlemen. This is how twisted and warped it is now. <laughs> really think about this and really listen to what I'm saying. The one hope of this not being able to pass is if lobbyists in the insurance business <laughs> puts pressure on the Republican Congress people. We are now down to having to be rescued by lobbyists. <laughs> because the Republicans have devised such a bad plan that the lobbyists and the health care insurance now seems mild in comparison. Now, what do I think we need? I think we need Medicare for all. I think we need universal health care. That's what I think we need. But what is it that we're going to get from this Congress? Even the Democrats weren't going to go for that. So now we're down to, okay, how is this made less painful? What's the best option? out of a bunch of bad options right now. The lobby is coming to the rescue and putting pressure on the Republicans to say, no, 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 you do this whole, you know, uh, uh, you know, you don't require a mandate and you do this whole tax credit thing instead of a subsidy, we're gonna lose a lot of money. And the only way this dynamic change is if they threaten to take money away from these Congress, Republican, these GOP Congress, Congress people. I mean, I mean, that's really where we're at. We're at a place where it has to be the lobbyists now that comes to the rescue. 
Yeah, I feel like I went down a rabbit hole myself. Okay. Now, here's the thing. And here's where it impacts people who are struggling with disease, whether they be genetic, whether they be uh, congenital, whether they be, I mean, what, whatever they may be, whatever disease that a person may be afflicted with, one of the, 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 the hallmarks of the Affordable Care Act was that you could not be denied because of pre-existing conditions. Now, it says that would-be enrollees could not be denied coverage on the basis of a pre-existing condition. The continuous coverage provision in the AHCA upholds that requirement, but with one caveat, recipients must be continually enrolled in an insurance plan. So if your insurance lapse at all, if you have a pre-existing condition, that means they want, when you sign up again, they can hold your pre-existing condition against you then. The only way your pre-existing condition can't be held against you is that you have to always be enrolled in an insurance program, an insurance plan, continually. You have to be consistently enrolled in an insurance plan. If you allow it to lapse, then they can use that again, your pre-existing condition against you and can deny you coverage then. Now, as I said, Medical bills are the number one reason why people file for bankruptcy, okay? Medical ailments are one of the, in the top two or three when it comes to why people crash into poverty, all right? Are we listening? So. They are now making it more difficult for low-income people to afford insurance. You see where I'm going with this. So that provision, I said, oh, no, we'll continue to allow you not to be discriminated against because of your pre-existing condition only if you stay enrolled in an insurance plan. You can't drop off. We're gonna make it harder for you to keep your insurance. We're gonna make it more difficult for you to be able to pay for your insurance, but you'll still have that pre-existing condition, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 you know, that pre-existing uh, condition coverage, you know, they can't discriminate against you. Only if, you do not allow your insurance to lapse at any time. So you know what's going to happen. Let's say people are a day late with their insurance. A day late. You realize that this will allow insurance companies to drop them like a hot potato? Allow people to be dropped like a hot potato? It happened to my wife with diabetes, born with it, basically, diagnosed with it as a toddler. One day missed as an adult, been paying it for years, decades, decades. This was before the Affordable Care Act. One day off, dropped them, dropped her. So this isn't just me pulling stories out of thin air. This is exactly how they wrote up this, but you can look for it, look, look at it yourself. So I'm trying to help you to understand where we stand right now uh, when it comes to health care. Uh, they haven't done anything yet. There's still time to call and to agitate your Congress people, to agitate them 
to aggravate them, to irritate them. Righteous aggravation, righteous irritation. There has to be a price to pay for people who vote for this AHCA uh, medical program, insurance program. There has to be a price to pay. But in order to make the people who vote for this thing pay a price, then we've got to be willing to pay a price of time, effort, and energy. All right? Okay. I hate to end on that note, people. But um, this is the end of the show. And it's time for Thelma Rhymes' grandbaby boy to go. God bless you, take care, and by all means, people, especially those in Yemen, Syria, Libya, everywhere that bombs are falling, everywhere where U.S. militarism and imperialism is threatening your life, be safe, be safe. Thank you.